0: Welcome to Successful Student Transitions, a podcast where we aim to help students and young adults thrive through any life change and transition. Perhaps you're facing a big life challenge, moving to university, a year abroad, a work placement, or out into the world of work. Times of these can be both exciting and challenging. Our aim is to support you step out and find your new gear. Using the latest from research in the field, we'll be suggesting ideas, From evidence-based practice to help you enhance your well-being. Our mission is to help you settle well and thrive in this next stage of your life. If you'd like to access the full transcript and learn more about other podcast episodes, click on the link shown in the podcast description given on our app. This will take you to our website where you can download the full transcript for free and while you're there, why not register for our newsletter so we can keep in touch and send you other goodies as well. And this podcast is devoted to young adults prospering, doing well financially when in new situations, maybe the first time budgeting and managing your own money. And with the added issues of financial challenges, um, with the cost of living increases, it's a really important topic. And today I'm really uh, pleased to introduce Alistair Yeoman, who's a few years out of university. Hugh has his own story about the ways he learned about financial literacy when at university. And actually, you know, interestingly enough, Alastair now works in the financial um, market working for an investment manager in the uk so you're well into money money management now so so welcome to the podcast
1: oh thanks thanks for having me elizabeth
0: yeah um can you tell me about what you knew about budgeting um using your money before you went to university
1: yeah sure so um i mean yeah so i prior to university i you know had a job part-time job um used to Coach tennis on Saturday mornings uh, for three hours. Um, used to also string rackets, so that was that was you know half an hour's work for about twenty pounds. So you know earning kind of did did areas of money for that age, I suppose. So I was never kind of um, not earning, um, and yeah. So I, I kind of went to university um, before I went to university. The gap year as well.
2: Mm-hmm. So you know
1: nothing, nothing to. Um, too fancy but I worked in Sainsbury's and little mm. um so I came to came to university with a call it a couple of thousand pounds saving as well uh, so you
0: had you had your own money you had a bit of idea about having and wanting your own money and and having it and were you budgeting when you were working did you, did you have an idea about budgets then and using your money when you either you before you went on you on your gap year or planning your gap year
1: so I, I was never a big spender, if you like, you know. Yeah. So I was, uh, I was, I wasn't somebody who, who'd make my money and then go and spend it on, or whatever it might be, clothes and your iPhone. I was, I was kind of always careful with it. But to answer your question more directly, was I knowledgeable about budgeting? Did I have a budget, so to speak? No, I didn't. Um, I suppose you know when before you start university, um, you, you, know, you your parents do the weekly shop. Um, you open a cupboard to get food out when you're when you're hungry. Mm. Um, you know, you, it, they'll probably give you a bus fare to go somewhere, uh, or whatever it might be. So um I think even though I was earning uh did money, my only ever outgoings were per like kind of what's the word? Um like, per, like personal spends on things I wanted to spend on mm. rather than everyday spends. Mm
0: yeah so I guess you had clothes bought for you and everything kind of provided so so yeah. budgeting that hadn't necessarily been there then is that fair to say
1: yeah definitely I I, I think to be honest like it, there was no need for it to be there uh mm-hmm. in some way yeah, in my in my head and I think as well um you know you obviously going from being 16 17 18 and then you know a, you know, I don't know what it would be 50 pounds a week from the tennis coach and whatever it might be, and then go into a gap year where you're doing full time work, and all of a sudden you're in, I don't know how much it was, 800 pounds a month or something like that. Um, you feel like, wow, I'm, I'm earning some serious money here, and this money supply is never going to run out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, you know, I'm going to and you go university feeling, you know, I've got loads of money now. Um, mm-hmm. and I think that can be, um, that was a little bit of a delusion, I think, for me as well. Like, I didn't feel like even going to university. I felt like I'd got quite a lot of money now, so you know, the whole idea of budgeting weekly uh, just didn't really wasn't something I, I took seriously at all. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, so it maybe was a bit of a shock, then, was
1: it? Yeah, uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, came came to university and and bit of contact So, uh, you know, had a maintenance loan. Um, maintenance loan covered accommodation. Uh, but nothing more. Um, parents didn't um, didn't didn't kind of give me extra extra money. Um, I know everyone's parents are different and everyone's um, you know got different kind of um, associations with with money and and their parents at university. But just personally for me, didn't didn't have support from parents in, in that area. So um, essentially, what it meant was either my savings from my gap year uh, or money that I would earn from a part time job at university was kind of my spending and that would be spending on you know the food shop um you know socializing everything else that, that kind of that kind of goes along with that um so everyday toss if you like travel um but yeah it was it kind of yeah went from yeah i guess i think that was kind of what hit me hard was the fact that i think you know the first uni- university year there's a huge focus on socializing Mm-hmm. Um, you know you need to make friends um, first year freshers there's obviously a bit of a stigma as to what what first year freshers do at university and a culture to it yeah. um, and I think when you're socialising making friends um, it can be expensive, can be a lot of outgoings um, so I think yeah that actually that money pot that I'd built up um, actually over the first year ran down quite considerably
0: yeah. and
1: then moving into the second year uh, you know there wasn't a lot
0: left yeah and did you start budgeting then when you were at university because you you've, you were saying uh, i knew my what my big costs were so the big costs were accommodation and stuff like that mm-hmm. i guess and then what would it be after that food and
1: yeah so 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 kind of accommodation was almost if you like squared off with mm-hmm. um in the first year at least with with my maintenance loan um and, and then obviously as you move out um of the the university accommodation then you know, other things come into play like energy bills. You know, all of a sudden you get a, a gas bill of 500 pounds out of nowhere from the energy provider half through the year. You did not see coming. Um, but yeah, the, the, the combination toss was kind of squared off, but then it was like you say, it was the, the food shop, um, the socializing. In, in terms of did I start budgeting? I didn't really, uh, okay. to be honest. Um, I think my, I think even when it got to the point where I didn't have much money left, and I actually ended up taking out uh, two student overdrafts, bank accounts, uh, one with NatWest, one with uh, co-op. So that was £3,500 in total, almost £2, 000, almost one was £2,000, one was one and a half. So that was over the course of uh, the next two or three years I did that. Um, even when I took the second one out, I was like, oh, God, I know this is bad, but I've done this, but it's not... It's not me taking out 1500 pounds to to buy the new iPhone. It's because I need to kind of do this to, to you know pay for pay for food and all that kind of stuff. Even at that point, I didn't see budgeting as kind of the I just thought I'll just try and spend as little when I go to the supermarket. That was kind of so it wasn't a structured plan at any point, if that made sense. It was me more me checking my bank account um and trying to minimize the spends. But then again, at the same time. It's quite stressful when you're in that situation. So actually, checking the bank account and looking at the numbers actually is a form of stress in itself. I found so probably in terms of checking the bank account, in some in some ways, wouldn't do as often because I just felt like there was stress associated with seeing the figures and seeing the, the kind of reality. Mm.
0: So there's a there's a worry factor there. That's a cost in itself, isn't it? About maybe not feeling that you've got enough money to kind of do the stuff that you want. So.
1: Yeah, I think I definitely think so, and I think you know to to the point around budgeting. Obviously, if you have that structure in place, you know where you stand, you know where you stand uh, month to month or week by week, whatever you structure your budgeting. But like you say, the worry factor um, is massively increased when you don't have that structure in place, and there might be a nasty surprise next time you open the you know the banking app and you have a look at your your overdraft or whatever it might be.
0: Yeah. and you know especially when we think about. You know, if if you're in accommodation that's not university accommodation, that all those rent prices are going up, aren't they? And bills, heating bills are going up and the cost of living of food and stuff's going up. So there's lots to take account of there, which could weigh pretty hard on people, couldn't it?
1: Massively so. And I think I think that's a really um, misunderstood point, I think, uh, for some. So. My maintenance loan when I I went to Bath University and I graduated in 2015. So back then, I was paying accommodation um, when I was living out of uh, out of the university halls. Uh, was in my second and third years, was uh, about from memory about three fifty to three uh, three seventy a month. Mm-hmm. And my maintenance loan, I think, covered about three forty from memory. So call it thirty forty pounds up to pay per month. But I think my understanding now is that the maintenance loan hasn't gone up dramatically but clearly costs of living and rent has mm-hmm. and i think like you say the the automation side of things has become more of a factor for people clearly as well energy prices over the last year have have gone up dramatically as well so you know that 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 kind of um you know uh, well I don't know if we were just really <laughs> disorganized households uh when I was with, with my friends but whenever we got an energy bill through the post it was like kind of a massive shock we didn't yeah. see it coming it was kind of after three months oh no we've got a 500 pound bill
2: yeah.
1: um so I can't imagine what that will be like given the inflation in energy prices recently um but yeah it, it, I think um I think, yeah, the, the cost of living is and, and obviously food and that kind of stuff is over the last kind of 12 months, I think has made it an even more kind of a stronger taste for for budgeting and, and being kind of price conscious and stuff like that.
0: So are you kind of saying that Alistair that you wish you'd known about budgeting?
1: Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I think it, I think it's one of those things where <laughs> it's a mindset. Mm-hmm. Or, it's, or it's a habit if you like. Mm-hmm. And, and yes, I think my life would have been a lot easier if after I'd done my gap year and I did have a bit of money um I budgeted from that point onwards mm-hmm. um, because at, throughout university I was I was working as well. Mm-hmm. I had a part-time jobs. so <clears throat> I was having an income um just to pay for things, but the budgeting side of things probably would have helped um, reserve some of my savings for my gap year um and also as well there's a knock-on effect to this so when I came out of university um you know first few years of a job you're not earning the the most money you're ever going to earn your career you're earning the least money um meanwhile I had three and a half thousand pounds to pay uh, in student overdraft um and it got to the point where I think, I don't know if it works for all these the same now, but my ones were after two years, if you've not paid it off, you start paying an interest rate on on the overdraft. Um, this is the bank overdraft, not the student loan. Um, so yeah, it got to a point where I paid one off in the first two years. And uh, yeah, that was, I think, £2,000. So I think I was putting away £200 a month, which wasn't easy to do that, but, uh, but I did it. Um, and then... The second one was £1,500 and I started paying, I think it was 5% or something on that. And it. I started to realise how much money I was giving away, uh, you know, to, to the bank. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think um, the whole budgeting thing is really important, not just for university, but in the second stage after university, because that's one challenge I've just mentioned there in terms of paying off the overdraft, but also as well, I think for most people from university, graduation to then the next stage of life is normally saving for your first property yeah. um, or your first deposit and that is also budgeting um
2: yeah. there's
1: no two ways about it so I managed to manage to fortunately uh with my partner missus um buy my first property uh in 2020 and that required huge amounts of budgeting and the moment you do that you're no longer paying um somebody a landlord's you know you're Whatever it is, in London, it's quite a lot. It's, I think it's up to uh, as much as 800000 or or £1,000 a month for rent. Um, you're paying yourself that via the mortgage company. So, yeah, I think budgeting is key, and it's going to l- lead to a, a much easier life over the long term if you can get it right. Um, the earlier, the better.
0: So you're talking as into budgeting. What does what would a good budget look like then? Now that now that you've learned how to do it, mm. how, what does a good budget look like to... In,
1: I, I think I think it can be any amount, but I think it's consistency. I would say, okay. um, so you know, even if you're, even if you're putting something small away, uh, like twenty pounds a week, that can add up massively in the long term. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just consistency in terms of what money you're putting away for a rainy day, so to speak. Um, and then I think as well, um, you know, when, when I was at university, there wasn't as much technology in this kind of area as well. Um, I'm, I'm seeing increasingly like apps, uh, you know, I think, I think Monzo is a one example of an app where you can get spending analytics. Mm -hmm. So, you know, then, then what you could do, for example, is you could budget in terms of food, how much food, uh, how much should I spend on food per week? um obviously if you go to the supermarket and buy food versus buying food out those are two completely different like price ranges of what you'll pay so you know the blended costs of those two things if you have a week where you eat out a lot because of whatever it might be because of social reasons it might be because of you're just busy um that's gonna that's gonna lead to a certain amount of money if you shop in the supermarket it's less so having kind of i guess oversight and cover uh, oversight of those kind of things and how things are changing. And sometimes it might be something you spend on. You don't really realize how much you're spending. It might be subscriptions that you've forgotten about. Mm -hmm. It'd be loads of things. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I think it's just consistency and then I think the second thing would be like understanding, you know, understanding what your, what your personal characteristic weaknesses are in terms of spending. I think everyone's got them. Um, you know, oh, I don't know, like mine might be, I just, I just, I just seem to just spend a lot and <laughs> when I go out for food, I'll have, you know, a starter, a main a dessert and mm-hmm. some, one, some of my friends who are a lot more conscious will just have the main and somehow the starter and dessert costs sometimes more than the main mm-hmm. Um, things like that. And then other people, you know, they, they, they love the latest technology. Other people, you know, really like trainers. Um, y- You know what your weaknesses are uh, normally Um try and, Try and bargain with yourself a little bit as to when you make those spends, rather than just spending spending kind of out, outside your means. And I think also on that point, I think spending outside your means has become a lot easier yeah. over the last few years. And I think you know, there's I'll give one example. So planner, um, see, it, I see it increasingly on um, ASOS web, uh, ASOS or these different websites. Um, well basically you, you can you can buy I don't know a t shirt today and you can pay for it over the next three months. Mm-hmm. Um and obviously that sounds convenient, but the problem is then you're you've got forward cost coming for that t shirt or whatever you're gonna spend on. So it's very easy to spend money you don't have, yeah. um, which is I think is again is a bit of a risk. Um yeah.
0: I mean, I, I was looking a little bit I I I'm sure people know that student space. Um, website i I think it's really good for giving ideas about budgets or actually university ones are too Um, and i mean basically people also say those points about budgets but one is add up your income you know know what your student loan is know if you get any money coming from anywhere else income from a job any savings you've got then take off all your essential outgoings like your accommodation your t- tuition fees if you're paying anything any bills um internet phone all those kinds of things insurance or your phone bill and food and then hopefully you've got other money left and that's
2: yeah.
0: what you spend things on or yeah. you set, sa- or you start to save a bit of it mm. Something, you know simple like that um which I know some schools teach are teaching um, kids before they kind of leave school, but it's a kind of quite a simple thing to do. But I think you're, you're right, Alice. So there's lots of apps that can help you with these things. So you see immediately if you spend it, it's gone. Yeah, Mm. Uh,
1: and I I suppose I've kind of done that in reverse. So what I mean by that is when I was kind of trying to save for my first property, I'd make sure that, I think it was three hundred pound a month I was putting away for a good few years, and I'd make sure that three hundred pound a month came out the day that I got paid. Yeah. So then, what I was dealing with was what was left. Um,
0: and in a way, that was part of your essential outgoings, wasn't it? Yes, correct. That yeah. three hundred pounds was essential that that yeah. went away into that other other kind of pot. Yeah, definitely. What other kind of things might have been helpful for you? Um, about knowing about and like because it was a word that you were you introduced me to financial literacy before you went to university. What other things, Alistair? Uh, did
1: you, uh during university, would you say, or,
0: or even before you went? Before you went to, or at university?
1: Yeah, I think. Um, so I think at university, or sorry, before university, I'd say um, when I was making the choice for university, there's there are things that people don't consider and they're things that people i guess when they go to kind of universities they're not told about either so i think the cost of living in different areas of the country is very different um you know so for example um at the moment i'm doing kind of a part-time masters in guildford um so that's kind of surrey it's an hour and a half away from london roughly central london um central london i think everyone knows is super expensive i think i don't think any i think most students would know that the the accommodation will be expensive someone like guildford maybe not so obvious um so i think i was speaking to somebody um on my master's and they, they've just come out of um undergrad and they're doing a masters so they're still kind of renting uh, as a student and they're, they're paying about 500 pounds a month for the rent um whereas they said in manchester it's more like 300 um so I think, you know, as a student or sorry, as a applicant to university, when you're considering universities, obviously you want to go for someone which has the best opportunities, the best course, the best career aspirations, something you're interested in, all the, all the obvious things that you should, should consider. But also as well, um, maybe if you're happy with a few of the different options and you're thinking, oh, well, you're worried about the cost of university, maybe it's, um, maybe it's a fair point to try and reach out to somebody who's an existing student, or just do a bit of online research yourself to understand the cost of rent. Because, um, you know, in your first year, the cost of rent is, you know, university accommodation, kind of a bit of a false economy in some ways, as in that accommodation will be a certain price. Now, when you move out into a, a house, like people typically do and live with their friends, that can be a completely different price. So worth considering that, I would say. Um, and then also as well, I think, in terms of, in terms of saving, um, there's something called compound compound interest or compound returns, and basically what that is is if you you can get a compound calculator online, but if you have, and this is really relevant because in the banks at the moment you can get three percent for putting money away, um, you know you put your money away in an ISA account or whatever it might be, and you can get three percent per year um uh, for doing that so if you're saving you're putting money away you can put it in this place and it'll put three percent a year um they'll give you three percent but basically what you can do um with compounds interest and compound returns is put money away and it grows a lot faster than you would perceive it grows exponentially rather than a straight line um, which is really powerful for saving over the long term and i think if that's something that i'd understood earlier on in my life I would have realized that actually when I put that 20 pounds away, it's not just 20 pounds. It's going to amount to a lot more than that with compounding over time. Um, That's a bit of a, I think that's a bit more of a technical topic for a lot of people. But if you, if you just Google compound interest calculator or compound return, uh, Albert Einstein described it as the eighth wonder of the world. So mm-hmm. it, it, yeah, so it is a thing. It's a mathematical thing and it, believe me it was so something to something to look into
0: so budgeting with saving is really important I know I know a family that they did give their um, young person some money when they went to university but they gave them more than they expected with understanding that they would save some of it
1: okay yeah, so I mean I suppose as well that's a that's a parenting decision it depends how much you you know how much you, you know your child will do what you hope they'll do with it. Um also as well though as well, you know, that's I think if if, if you're a sensible kid and you've got parents who are willing to do that, that's that's a brilliant option. Um yeah, some, of
0: course some, there are lots of kids who are not like
1: that. Yeah. yeah, lots of kids who aren't like that. They might not be the sensible kids with the generous parents. But, they might I mean, be.
0: Yeah, because I know other other kids where the parents gave them a weekly some weekly money because they didn't so you have to think about well how do you learn to budget how do you learn to save if you Mm. haven't that experience you know
1: yeah Yeah, definitely um and yeah exactly um and I suppose as well the other thing as well to consider and I hadn't considered is is access to bursaries if you really if you're really kind of uh worried or struggling um I always thought bursaries were just for um you know if your parents are in a particular level of income um they are they are for that if if you you know your parents are going to struggle to support your university essentially uh, alongside their other their other costs that's one access point for bursaries but if you if you know what university you're going to go to you can doodle um you know that specific university what bursaries are on offer and sometimes they're they're wide they're i looked before this um before this call and for example bath university have ones to do with you know if you're um a female who's doing a technical kind of scientific degree jp morden will give you three thousand pounds a year as part of your bursary for for their women in
0: a lot of money isn't it a
1: lot of money um <laughs> worth considering uh worth considering and and who knows even um you know even if before you just know what university you're going to go into, maybe it's when you're picking universities, maybe it's something to consider what bursaries are uh, potentially on offer. It's obviously there's no guarantees that you'll, you'll get them. Um, but it's, it's worth considering. And, and yeah, they're, they're, they're really, really broad actually. And they're, they're not always to do with parental income. Uh, what qualifies you to 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 get the bursary as well, because obviously you know you, your parents might earn well, but they might not be uh, willing to support you at university. So it really is it's a spectrum of different kind of scenarios, I guess.
0: So check out that's a really good thing to do. Check out bursaries or grants from from your university, or even scholarships.
1: Yeah.
0: Scholarships are, um often you can get academic or um, sporting ones or yeah. kind of musical ones if mm-hmm. there's those kind of things around as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point um um and jobs as well hmm. what was a, a job didn't you at university
1: yeah, you know, I had every job i think I had about i think generally i had about eight eight or nine jobs over oh, uh, over the four years I was at university um with jobs i think I think it it you know I personally felt like maybe my job impacted my studies so again that's the kind of an argument for once you do your gap year once you have your savings don't spend them too quickly because you're gonna have to then you know if you're not being supported by your parents you're gonna have to start working um you know during study periods or you know that kind of stuff um but it depends you know how intensive your degree is and it depends on many things how so so it really it really does depend but yeah jobs at university obviously um, pretty easy to access, I, I would say, as a student. I think that you know, the normally the student institutes have have jobs available. Um, I think as well, though, you know, if you're working um, and you're budgeting well, you can make that money go a lot a lot further. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously, as well, then during the summer holidays, you have. I used to always kind of religiously work in between each year. Um, but the better you are at budgeting, maybe the more potential opportunities you'd have to do a bit of travel, which obviously are really good opportunities in the summers of university. So I think there's motivation. Um, that it's not just working uh with no rewards. If you can budget correctly, you can find time to do nice things and and even, you know, even even if um you're thinking, well, oh well, I'm gonna spend all the money I I'm earning via my job on cost of living. Fair enough. Um, if you can do that and you can, uh, become net, net, net even at the end of, uh, the end of the year, then obviously you can, there's opportunities where you can travel or do sports camps and there's no toss to, to doing that as a student that they, they can be paid for by the company. So you can still have a, um, a holiday, if you like, or, or, or experiences abroad. Um, without spending too much money in your summer holidays as well, if you can be comfortable enough to know that once you've come back from that experience, then you know when you start the new university year, your' budgeting is good enough for you to kind of um keep things net net positive during the year.
0: I like that idea, have a holiday and get paid for it. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> so I know a few a few friends did it. Um, I think there's um, some sort of Camp America was one of them sports camps in America. Um, well, I think there's loads of stuff like that if you just need to kind of have a look or get knowledgeable about it. And, you know, obviously Google's everyone's best friend, isn't it, with this kind of stuff?
0: Yeah. Um, anything else you might have done differently? Mm-hmm. Your- I mean, it sounds like you were on it, Alistair, you know. <laughs>
1: Uh, I, yeah, I think, uh, I think as well, obviously, um, t- one thing I've noticed since I've come out to university is um, when you're at university, you get the student loan and it almost seems like free money, if you like, um, you know, the 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 money for your degree, the money for the maintenance, it just doesn't really register because it's just kind of paid for there and then. Um, once you come out of university you start paying it back once you're over a certain threshold um, for your salary and actually with the interest rate it is actually quite a bit of money Mm -hmm. Um, so I think when you're considering what you're going to do at university put real thought into it Uh, make sure that degree or try to make sure that degree um, is something that's going to lead to something that interests you and in you'll find rewarding um, at work. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally, I did a, a pharmaceutical degree um, after the first, I think after the first two months, I realised I didn't like it that much. No. It was pretty soon, but I just thought, I I kind of been brought up in a way that, you know, you kind of, you don't, you finish something off, you finish something you you decided you're going to do. And if I'm being completely honest, I didn't really know what else I could do. I wasn't, I hadn't put too much thought into it and never really did. So I think the more thought you can put into what you want to do before starting university and, you know, you can get ideas via when you're in sixth form, different talks, different careers, talks, um, different work experiences maybe your parents might have friends who do different things you could spend a few days with them or a day shadowing um, the more the more you can understand what you enjoy um, the easier it's going to be for you to find a job you like and the easier it is for you to pick a degree you like the worst thing you can do I think is start a degree spend I don't know a year or two doing it don't finish it you owe whatever its £20,000 £20,000 um or finish a degree and realize actually there's no point in me ever doing this degree and still have to pay it back. So I think the the toss of a degree as well, um I think put clear thought into what you want to do um and why you want to do it. And that's not always the easiest question to answer when you're 18 years old, um 17 years old, 19 years old, whatever it is. Um but um if you have some level of understanding um, or answers to those questions, I think it can be helpful. Um, and the second thing as well, in terms of picking a degree, I'd say is that there's many degrees that have um, experience in industry as part of their as part of their course. So you know, you do one year away and you work for a company, and I think that is if you're looking for a bit of money, that can be very helpful. So you know, when when I was at university, I lived with flatmates who. Um, they went and worked for I don't know a consultancy company for a year. One was a bank for a year. Um, you know they 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 were earning adult money uh, mm-hmm. as a student. Call um, it one was thirty thousand, one was thirty five thousand pounds for a year. It, you know, so if you if you go to wherever it is and you earn that money and you budget whilst you're doing that, you can come back as a very comfortable student uh, in in your in your final year. And obviously that year in itself is. Um, is paid for if you like. You know your maintenance now. You don't need that because you're working. So again, uh, consider. I think the the year in industry degrees, um, and that year industry as well can also help you decide what you want to do after university. So kind of a double whammy of positives, I'd say, with those kind of degrees.
2: Yeah,
0: and and often that year, um, you're out is kind of quite carefully thought about with your university and stuff. So, and and you're right, the money would give you a bit of a buffer when you come back. Yeah, you really good um uh, excellent ideas and you know (laughs) at at the end of the day you know you're buying a service aren't you you're paying this Mm -hmm. is something that you're paying for you I think Mm -hmm. you're absolutely right Alistair when you think you know a lot of students are thinking oh I've got this money you know but Mm -hmm. it's actually not yours you have to pay it back so you have to think about it's like any service make sure that you're getting value for money and that um you know it's it's something that you're if you can you're enjoying it that's that's what's going to make the most for you any other tips for students that you would give them with regards to kind of what other things they could do to be careful be uh, financially literate looking after their, the money that they've got mm. i mean i i i was th- I, I was thinking of things like Student rail cards or coach cards, you know. um, There's usually what's that that student card? I think it's called Totem or something now. Yes, yeah. That that you can get money off. Mm
2: -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm.
0: So there are things that you can get much cheaper. Yeah,
1: it's true. Yeah, I suppose like like you say, there's 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 so many different. If if you can just do your research a little bit, there's so many different ways that you can save. Um, there's probably so many times that I spent money at shops as a student not knowing like I got 20% off or whatever it was um, and like you say it's just about being a bit more organised in terms of understanding what's accessible what's free um, and I'm sure there's like you say on the, I think it's to- to- Totem is it? I think it is um, the new it was, it was the NUS card when I was at university but um, you know I think well, I, I could get 10% off co-op shops for example which obviously adds, adds up to a lot of money it does. Also, yeah, stuff like that.
0: And, you know, your uni- the universities are really, you know, look at their websites, look at student space as well, because I think there are really good, there's good information. And just as much as kind of there are scholarships and burs- bursaries, there is a- there are also student hardship funds, which um, I think they're called access to learning funds, Um and they might have, they might be non um, repayable or sometimes they have no interest. So there are also things to kind of look out um, at, at your university if if you are, I mean, there'll likely be some tested in some kind of way, but, um, you know, look out for them too. And, you know, if you've got some disability or if you're a carer or um, if you're maybe a young person that's, um, looked after or have no no parental contact. There's usually funds to help those people too. So yeah. there will there, there is a wide, you know, I, I think one of the things people go off and not know that there are all these resources there, but there are, and it's about not being afraid to go and ask. Um, you might come back with a no, but there will be hopefully some funds to help. Young people who are finding it really difficult at university. Um, great, Alistair, and it yeah. looks like um, it's onwards and upwards with you. But with your financial, <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, I think I think it's mal- once you get your first property, I think everything becomes a lot easier in some ways. I think you know it's um, like I said, I've got few, few, few uh, friends. I think I mentioned this before to you uh, who are who are still renting. And the the cost of renting has gone up three hundred pounds since I was renting four years ago. Um, you know, it's it's hard to save when you're paying a thousand pounds rent a month, yeah. it's hard to save for anything, I'd say. Especially when, you know, you know, let's say your let's say your your salary gives you, I don't know, two thousand five hundred pounds net of net of taxes and then one thousand on rent. Um, yeah, I don't know. In London I think that it's, it can be difficult for some people to, to kind of get by.
0: And I really liked your idea about look where you want to go to university and that be or work um, and that be part of the equation about where you choose to go. Uh Um, Sounds like, Alistair, we're making a huge um, call for teaching young people about budgeting and saving before they go to before they leave school
1: Yeah, exactly. I I think, you know, uh, the earlier, the possible, uh, sorry, the earlier, the better. And, you know, there's even, I think, I think it's a case for teaching children about financial literacy. So um, don't ever feel, I think, as a, as a young person that you're too, too young for this. Mm -hmm. The the sooner you can do it, the better, the the better things are going to be for you in terms of just financial situation.
0: Yeah. Alistair, thank you very much for your wisdom and experience.
1: <laughs> I think I think wisdom uh, that is uh, a result of most of my mistakes that I've made. So, yeah. you
0: know what? I think sometimes that's the best learning. You know, yeah. we don't necessarily learn much when things are going well. We, learn, yeah. but we do learn when we're, we're kind of challenged and things. Um, <laughs> I'm sure people will really um, appreciate learning from your experience.
2: <laughs> thank, you.
0: thank you so much.
2: We hope that this episode has given you some ideas for thinking about your finances as you move to the next stage of your life. You can't know what you don't know, and Alistair has shared how his lack of knowledge impacted him. His aim in sharing is to help you avoid the same pitfalls. Budgeting, saving, planning are the key words of wisdom shared here. Remember, it's worth investigating what bursaries, grants and scholarships are available. And applying for those. You never know until you try and you may be pleas- pleasantly surprised with the outcome. And don't forget that totem card with all the student discounts it potentially brings. Also have clarity in relation to your why for the next stage. If you're moving on to university ask yourself whether you're pursuing a course that really interests you and will lead to a career that you are likely to enjoy. Finally, take a look at the website Student Space. There's great advice about a whole range of topics, and money is one of them. Look for the money tab. So that's it for today. Thanks for listening. A huge thank you to Alistair for sharing his student financial experiences and tips. We'll be back next week with more helpful tips for supporting your well-being. Meanwhile, please remember to like, share, and follow this podcast and so help us to support more young people. Take care. Until next week. Bye-bye for now. And now for the legal bits. The information contained in this podcast is for information purposes only. The content is not intended to act as a substitute for professional advice. Please do not delay in seeking professional help for any medical or mental health conditions. Use of the information on this podcast and associated materials is at the user's own risk.